In this episode, our theme today is about how to make this year your best writing year yet. I want to leave you inspired, excited, encouraging you to set some goals for this year that are not only outside your comfort zone, but also more ambitious than you've ever dared dream. This is so important when we get down to the core of why we show up as a writer. Don't die with your words and your stories still inside you. What have we got today from the last year? Do we have no book, a half-written book, a finished book that we don't love, and we're another year older? You're quite new to the podcast. I started about two months ago, and I think I've listened to almost all of them. In two months? Yes. Oh, my gosh. um, I think my 13-month-old son thinks that you're family. I'm going to tell you what my dream declaration is. I want to create something to share with the world and make an impact in some positive way. So in the spirit of setting goals this new year, my dream declaration is to attempt to share this concept to reach you ready for this <laughs> completely bonkers hello and welcome to the bestseller experiment where we explore the inner game of writing and life and inspire you to start finish and publish your book. I'm Mark DeVoe, and if this is your first episode, welcome, welcome. Long-term listeners will know that there is absolutely nothing unusual about today's episodes, right folks? (laughs) So, happy new year to you, and welcome to this new year's special. So, how was the festive period for you? I hope you had a lovely time. It's the new year, and there are new beginnings for all of us, especially on this podcast, and I, for one, am very, very excited. As weird as this feels, as weird as this feels. But in this episode, I make a surprise call to a listener, which you won't want to miss. Plus, there's a special New Year's gift to help you work on your writing goals for the next 12 months. But first, our theme today is about how to make this year your best writing year yet. Or maybe you're listening to this in the middle of the year on replay. And if you are, Remember, it's the next 12 months because writing goals are not just for Christmas, right? So I'm going to take you into an exclusive segment of a workshop I gave on this very topic where I discuss why creating writing dreams is not only important, but essential. And in that workshop, I deep dive into something called dream declarations. Now, if you don't know what that is, or you do, but you haven't written yours for the next 12 months, well, stay tuned. And for longer term listeners, you might remember me doing a series of one minute motivations. Well, today, I want this episode to be an extended version of that. I will want to leave you inspired, excited, and maybe just maybe encouraging you to set some goals for this year that are not only outside your comfort zone, because you know me, I'm always going to try and push you, but also more ambitious than maybe you've ever dared dream. But to start, I guess it's only fair that I stick my neck out and go first, because I've been teasing you all for a while about a big nonfiction book project that's going to be my major focus for this year. So To start with, I polled our authors on the BXP team recently about what book they thought I was going to write. Laura Shep said, 
Is it around one minute motivations? Well, Laurie, you're not uh, you're not close, but you're also not too far off. There is actually a book I've been drafting on that for many years, as Mister Mister S and I discussed over the years. One day that might come out, but that one's on the side whilst this project is underway. Rosemary Deuce said, "Is it about owls?" <laughs> idea where that comes from that must have been based on some weird reference that we had on the on the podcast uh, when i posted this question uh julian barr thought it might be a book about writer's resilience now julian you are on the right track but we need to go bigger much much bigger so to reveal more i'd like to tell you a story in fact a backstory So I'm going to take you back to the 24th of January, 2008. It was a chilly evening in Cambridge, England, and I was giving my first seminar called 4,000 Saturdays, which for those of you who don't know, is the average number of Saturdays we each have in our life. Whenever I told people about that number, there was often this look of shock, and then there's this scrambling to see how many Saturdays they had left. And I set up a website, I made loads of post blogs, and I also created these little quotes that you've probably seen floating around the internet, you know, Facebook and the like. And and many of these quotes went viral across the internet, which was incredible. But over the three years between 2008 and 2011, I ran a series of BBC radio shows with the wonderful Sue Marchant, where we discussed the importance of using those 4,000 Saturdays wisely. I then had this incredible experience of filming a documentary around the subject. And uh, we interviewed people like Marianne Williamson, who's a very, very big kind of self-help spiritual author, who ironically, as I record this, is currently running for president of the USA, which is kind of bonkers to think. Um, I then got some interest from a book agent in London. And we got together and we started discussing the ideas of putting this book together. And this is all around 2012, around then. And I started writing outlines and going through the process of of writing this nonfiction book that I always wanted to write, being a massive kind of fan of fiction and nonfiction. Now, in 2013, my wife's body, Jenny, her body was diagnosed with cancer. And I say body very specifically, because I always try and detach illness and disease um, from the person, right? And it was not her that had cancer, it was her body that had cancer. And Jen, unfortunately, as many of you know, and I've talked about this before on the podcast a number of times, she passed away in 2018. So during the five years that followed, between 2018 and, and like 2023, and, and beyond. Those five years, I had to let go and make peace with a lot of things. And one of the things I knew I couldn't fix during the five years that Jen had cancer was I couldn't fix a diagnosis or outcome. And if you haven't heard the episode, I really want to encourage you to go back to listen to episode 141, which was the episode where I came back after a hiatus from the podcast, um, which was after Jenny passed, but I kind of gave a bit of a backstory. Um, there were many other things I couldn't change about what had happened. I couldn't change how my three kids individually had to deal with their own grief. And I had to make peace with where they were and where I was each day of that journey. And I knew when I was able that I'd get back to that 4,000 Saturdays nonfiction book, but the time just wasn't right. There were too many things going on in my life. And as you probably all know as well, like writing sometimes get squeezed around the edges of our busy lives. And that was definitely the case for me during that period. 
So one day in August 2021, I received an email from an Academy member who shared a New York Times article with me called Life is Short what, and What Are You Going to Do About That? And it was a review of a book by Oliver Berkman called 4,000 Weeks. My heart sank. The following week, in a life coaching session, one of the Academy members started talking about this great new book called 4,000 Weeks, and my, my heart sank again. And then in the visit to one of my favorite local bookstores, as I walked in, there it was displayed right in front of me. Many of you will have heard me talking about 4,000 Saturdays on the podcast since 2016. And at 4,000 Saturdays has even been my Twitter username uh, for, for many, many years, long before the podcast even started. Now, a year later, I saw the book in my local Costco piled up high and in my little shopper's drug mart, for those of you in Canada, you know what that is. It's like a little um, kind of drugstore combined with groceries and all kinds of random items. It's a great little store, but um, but they, they have this tiny little area of books. <laughs> they have literally like about 40 books. And guess what one of those books was? Yes, you, you, you guessed it, 4,000 weeks. And this time I saw the front cover of it. And across the top of the front cover, it said, New York Times bestseller. So what should I do? I sat with it and I reflected. I could have chosen to get really upset about it as it felt like the 15 years of work that I'd done had kind of gone down the drain, let alone this lifetime mission that I had to spread this concept of 4,000 Saturdays. And I'm sure this has happened to you as well, but you have a great idea only to see someone else come up with something similar. Uh, it happens all the time. And you know what? There's no, there's no law on uh, book titles. Like you can, you can use book titles apparently, unless it's a series which has become established. You can use the same book title of anyone else or similar. Anyway, my book wasn't even out there. I hadn't even got past the point of writing the the proposal to a publisher. My understanding is it's focused more on time management rather than the focus I was looking at, which is making the most of your time of your life and getting over the fear of your mortality. Um, one of those viral quotes I mentioned earlier um, that I wrote said, it's not death that we fear. Our real fear is not having lived. So that kind of give you a bit of an idea about the, the angle I was taking on that. But then it struck me. My biggest challenge now is if I wanted to release my book called 4,000 Saturdays, the response from publishers, agents, and maybe the general public would be, that sounds like a ripoff of 4,000 weeks, that New York Times bestseller. So what, do, what would I do? What should I do? Well, one evening I was reading through my journal that I'd written sitting beside my wife's bedside in palliative care during her final three months. Jen's body was exhausted, so there was a lot of quiet time to reflect on life as she slept. And one of the strangest experiences was spending hours every day in this place where people were living their final days. It was like this little bubble that we were living in. The kids and I would go down there every day for three months and spend time with Jen. But the weird bit was actually leaving palliative care and going back out into the world where radio headlines continually rattled off the same old latest gossip. People online complained about superficial stuff happening in their lives. The kids needed feeding. And everywhere I looked, people were just going about their everyday business and activities. But there'd been this strong message that the universe had been delivering me time and time again. 
over the last 10 years plus. And now it was louder and the loudest it had ever been. And that theme was simply, you have to let go and make peace with this. So I had to make peace with my wife dying, but it didn't mean it suddenly became easier. The difference was that I was no longer choosing to fight it, to struggle with it. By letting go and making peace with it meant I could focus on what was rather than what I wished could be. And you know, that's a huge lesson for all of us in life. You know, and I want to repeat those words again because they're really, really important. I wanted to focus on what was rather than what I wished could be. And maybe today we can take that in our lives and think about how that, how that um, works for us with things that we're dealing with. So anyway, this became like a theme in my life. Can I make peace with all the challenges that come my way? And that's where I turned to the 4,000 Saturdays and 4,000 weeks challenge that I had. And I made peace with it. I woke up one morning and I decided to let go of all the struggles, all the worries, all the kind of what ifs, all the kind of frustrations and annoyance that I hadn't got on with the book back in 2012 when it should have been written. I simply let go of it and made peace with what was. And I'm actually really grateful for the success that Oliver's books had because the more of us that can work together to get these kind of important messages out into the world is far greater benefit to humanity than any one individual's contribution. You know, and in, in my case, my need for a sense of ownership and recognition was the thing I really had to let go of. And it's not really that important in the big scheme of life. But the amazing thing that happened was the minute that I decided to make peace and let go, this new space opened up in my life for new ideas to enter. So for the last two years, I've allowed that space to marinate. But maybe you already have an inkling as to what happened next with regards to my book. You see, Around that time in Russia, the war started, and then more recently, the conflict in Gaza, really big things happening in our world. And as I looked around and I saw people more stressed than ever, mental health challenges, parenting, challenges with money, work, addictions, illness, I mean, social media, teen struggling, aging, dementia, grief, unfulfilled goals and dreams, a life that people never expected in the search for more meaning in life. And the list goes on. And I'm sure there are many, many things on that list that, that you can associate with, one or probably many of those things that you've experienced on some level. And so I became really focused on what, how, how could a book help people on this area? So the book that I will be writing and documenting on the podcast for you good folks over the next year is simply called but you'll have to wait till next week. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, because you know why? I know I'm, I'm a horrible tease, but there is a whole incredible story around the title that I have to share with you. I have to share with you, but it's going to take too long to go through today. And more importantly, folks, we need to get onto your writing goals today as well. So forgive me, but I will tell you the title of the book and what it's about next week. So that's my goals for the year. I'm going to tell you what my dream declaration is, okay? So what I want to do with this is I want to create something 
to share with the world and make an impact in some positive way. So in the spirit of setting goals this new year, my dream declaration, drum roll, is to attempt to share this concept to reach, you ready for this, <laughs> completely bonkers, at least 1 million people around the world. Okay, I've said it out loud. I've actually said it on the podcast now. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But um, what I'm going to say is that if that means selling 1 million books, then that would be absolutely incredible. But for my 1 million goal, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to aggregate book sales, newsletter subscribers, social media reach, and people pledging to actively make this practice, it's a bit of a clue, a part of their lives. So I'm going to reveal more about that next week. So let's talk about your writing goals for the next 12 months, because that is one of the most exciting things for me over the next year. It's not just about what I do with this book. And yeah, okay, guinea pig, crash chest dummy, all that good stuff. But one of the things that has always filled us up on this podcast is hearing about your writing goals and dreams. We've got some brilliant wins this week, by the way. So we're going to get to those later. So here's a question for you. What would you like to accomplish over the next 12 months? And as importantly, how can you build support around you to make them happen? So let's dive into a workshop called Your Best Writing Year Yet, uh, which I gave a couple of years ago. It's a 10-minute segment on a larger, longer workshop, but stick around till the end as I'm going to let you know about how, as a listener of this podcast, Bestseller Experiment, you can get exclusive access to the whole workshop for free. So let's run the workshop. We need to talk about your writing dream. Now, your writing dream can only come true if you create it, believe it, and then write it. We have a motto in the Bestseller Academy, which is you first have to dream it, then you believe it, and then you write it. And so what, we, what we've always embraced within the Academy is people who are willing to take on these ideas, even if they don't think it's possible right now, even, th even if you think it's the most incredibly hard pursuit, which it can be. And even if you don't think you're capable or, or even have the tools to do it, if you come into the Academy with this motto, then we can do some incredible work with you. So let's talk about what your dreams would be for the next 12 months, because it's really important before you go in diving into this next, next period of your life to actually define what it is that you want to create. Too many authors, too many writers come up with an idea and just start writing. They get to the end of their book and then they try and work out what they actually want to do with it. We always do this the other way. We start with the dream. But before we dive into that, I want to show you some of the challenges that we have as authors, some of the challenges that no doubt you will recognize in your life. We actually surveyed a number of our uh, academates, as we call them, our students of the academy, as to what their biggest challenge was. Now, just look at this list for a minute. How many of these do you recognize in your life? Too busy with, the li with life, your day job, your family, uh, self-confidence, thinking your writing's not good enough, too many ideas, procrastination, trying to finish the book, finding time to write consistently, organizing your life, and writing too many books. Liz says, checks all of them. <laughs> Absolutely, right? This is the thing. These are such common things that we all experience, but we rarely talk about. So let's, before we dive into what the best year could look like for you next year, let's look about what would be 
happening in your last year. Let's look back and let's look at some of the wrong stories that we don't want in our lives. These are some of the things that we've heard about that we've also personally experienced. Um, resolutions. Who set up resolutions at the beginning of January last year and they lasted maybe until about mid-January? How many people use the excuse continually that they didn't have the time to write? And I'll explain why that's an excuse later. How many people had little growth in their craft, in their writing craft? How much time did we spend actually building our skills around writing last year? How many of us lacked confidence? How many had the same writing mindset that we've always had for the last 10, 15, 20 years of our life? How many of us have this belief that it will never happen? I'll never be good enough, or I'm too young, or I'm too old. Another thing that we focus on, habits. How many of us are having looping habits that we're completely unaware of, that we don't even realize are preventing us from moving forward? How many of us had undefined dreams? And how many of us feel our dreams are more distant than ever? And what have we got today? What have we got today from the last year? Do we, do we have no book? Do we have a half-written book? Do we have a finished book that we don't love? because we just don't feel it's good enough. And we're another year older. So when we talk about what we do, I always think about this quote, one of my favorite quotes from my mentor and teacher, Wayne Dyer. And he always said this, he said, don't die with your music still inside you. And those words really land heavily with me, um, especially if any of you know my backstory in the last most recent years. But this is so important when we get down to the core of why we show up as a writer. Because as a writer, we could actually change it to say, don't die with your words and your stories still inside you. And thank you, Dan. Dan says that, that quote really touched him. This is what we're about in the academy. This is about living your dreams and making it happen, not in next year, not in five years, but right now, right now. So let's talk about the idea of dreams, because if we're going to be building a dream for the next 12 months, we need to first make a promise to ourselves that we really believe this statement, that starting writing and finishing a book is fully within your control. Just think about that for a minute. Think about how many other dreams we may have. People have these incredible bucket lists. How many dreams do we actually have that are fully within our control? Like, I would love to go to the moon, but honestly, I'm not, not mates with Elon Musk yet, so I don't think it's going to happen. But writing a book is something I can do, something that I can start and do right now. And that's one of the beauties of being an author and writer. It's fully within your control. But it's not easy. It's, but when you accomplish it, it is one of the greatest accomplishments of your life. I've got to say, when I wrote the book with Mark, Back to Reality, probably the best feeling was the feeling of actually having completed the book. So what would it take to get your writing to the next level over the next 12 months? So I want you to either write these down or tick off the ones. We're going to zip through them. But I want, I want you to think about which ones do you need in your life? Because I promise you, no one on this call, on this webinar, will have all of these currently. The first thing is, do you have a dream with a deadline? Not just an open dream of one day I'm going to write a book or one day I'm going to write a best-selling book or a, a classic book, but a dream with a deadline. Do you have accountability? Because if you're just accountable to yourself, folks, it doesn't 
work. <laughs> we've learned the hard way. In fact, Mark and I have done this podcast. The reason we've showed up every single week for the last four years is because we are accountable to each other and accountable to our half a million audience that we've built over, over the last four years. Accountability is absolutely key. Coaching. Now, a lot of people don't think about coaching. They don't think it's something that they've maybe tried before. They don't fully understand what it is. But the best people in the world are the people at the top of their game all have coaches. Olympians, tennis players, every great soccer team, and every gay author has a coach or a mentor that they work with. What about support? How much support do you have outside of maybe your partner, your family, people that encourage you, friends? Do you have any additional support? Is it just a, a, a faceless Facebook group with 10,000 people in? Or do you have true support to help you? Do you have inspiration? Do you feel inspired to write? Do you need inspiration to write? Do you need encouragement to write? Do you want to have something which gives you measurable progress? How are you going to measure how, how, you, how well you're doing, whether you're reaching your goal? Also, what about motivation? How are you going to be motivated? Who's going to help motivate you? Do you need greater self-belief? That's something we can all have. We have spoken to multi-million selling authors who say they still lack self-belief even after selling millions of books. It is something that we all deal with and we all have to work on. What about powerful writing habits? That's something that we focus on in, in a huge way in the academy and something we've gone really, really deep with. And I'll be talking a little bit more about that. But that's something that so many writers are not paying any attention to. And yet it's the most important thing in your life to be a best-selling and successful author. What about momentum? What about mentors who've actually been there where you want to go? And in most importantly, a like-minded peer group of other people who think like you are willing to dream big and are also going to be sharing their successes and their failures and helping each other through all of those hurdles. And a community where people share their struggles, but also, most importantly, celebrate their successes, because that's something we're really bad at doing is celebrating our successes. So in the Academy, we've developed this model, and we call it the ACCA model. And I'm going to go through each one of these foundations. And each one of these foundations is, is key to your writing success. It's not just about one of these. It's about all five. And often we find that authors have one or two or maybe three, but they never have typically all five. So let's quickly run through these in order. Firstly, accountability. We talked about this earlier. What is, what is the importance of accountability? Well, if you think about it, most authors previously who got book deals were signed to traditional publishers, major publishing houses, or random houses of this world. And their accountability was to their publishing company. They had to deliver their book on a certain day and there was a massive plan in place. And if they didn't deliver that book, well, they'd certainly know about it and their contract might be, might be terminated. But nowadays, with so many of us being indie authors, where does that accountability come from? Accountability can be broken up into two areas. It's what I call firstly internal accountability and external accountability. Internal accountability is when you say to yourself, I'm going to sit down and write some words today. And if you don't do that, what happens? Probably nothing. You might beat yourself up and you might you know, bash up your, your confidence, self-esteem and say, I'm, I'm never going to do this. But it's always internal accountability. And that does not work for authors. 
What we all need, every successful author needs external accountability. And so that's something that we've created for you in the academy. External accountability is when you set your dream and you declare your dream and you write your words and then you submit your word count each day. And it absolutely 100% works. So the major problem is we don't have external accountability. So we've created that in the academy. It's almost the same as being part of a major publishing company who is saying, okay, you've, you've said you're going to deliver this book. Let's do this. And here's the plan on how you can do it. And this is the word count that you have to do each day to make sure you finish it. So what we do is we first ask you to create your dream. And you should be doing this in the next few weeks. Start actually thinking about what your dream is for next year. What actual tangible milestones do you want to create within your writing world? Then you decide your deadline. And then in the academy, what we ask you to do is we ask you to declare that dream to the other students in the academy. And everyone has to do this. And it can be very uncomfortable for some people. But it's the most incredible experience when you finally say it out loud to a group of supportive people. So, folks, that was a segment from the workshop called Your Best Writing Year Yet. You're probably wondering what the other four foundations of the ACCA, A-C-C-A, writing success model is. Well, I've put the workshop up on the Bestseller Academy and you can register on our new free experiment here to get access to it. So pop along to academy.bestsellerexperiment.com to register. And on the Academy itself, I'm really, really excited to announce that we have just opened up 20 places for our fiction and nonfiction program uh, this January, starting in a couple of weeks. So if you're interested in finding out more, pop along to academy.bestsellerexperiment.com. And one of the most exciting things about this year is that we have five new amazing best-selling author writer coaches joining us in the academy so do pop along to the to the website to learn more about who those amazing folks are every single one of them by the way has been interviewed sometimes several times on this podcast so do pop along there's loads of exciting news to share there now we usually thank our amazing patrons at the beginning of each episode but this new year i'm starting a new feature called patron of the week and our patron of the week this week is the absolutely lovely Tessa McWilliams. Uh, Tessa's a grade two teacher from Johannesburg in South Africa. And when I did a bit, bit of research on Tessa, I discovered that she had written a letter to parents during COVID. And that letter went viral on the internet. So I gave her a surprise call. This is funny. Uh, and there's going to be a lot more of these folks. So, so look out for them. I gave her a surprise call. But I ended up getting the biggest surprise when she told me something incredible that happened as a result of the letter. So let's listen in. Hello. Hello. Is that Tessa? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny to hear your voice. Tessa, welcome to the Bestseller Experiment. I know you're probably freaking out at this point, but don't. We're just going to have a fun chat. But I just wanted to let you know, first of all, we are so grateful. Firstly, you're our patron of the week. So congratulations. <laughs> so exciting. Thank you. And um, Tessa, I, I like to sometimes do a little bit of research into our, all these lovely people that are supporting the podcast. And I came across the most amazing article online and I, and I saw it was the same person's name and I thought it can't be the same person but are you 
Are you the Tessa that wrote the article that went viral online called I See You? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm very impressed with your sleuthing skills. Oh, I tell you what, it's the <laughs> most, it's one of the most touching things I've read all year. And you know what's really weird? As I was telling someone about it when I found it, and they said, you never guess what? That popped up on my on my feed like three days ago. So it's still having this amazing effect. Tell me the story about this. So firstly, I mean, let's just give a bit of background. You're, um, you're a teacher. Uh, in, is it grade two? Yes. Um, so I was teaching grade two at the time. And um, it was just in the middle of the pandemic. And I think, um, I think the pandemic was especially hard for most parents. And it was just my way of sort of reaching out and just sort of acknowledging everything that I could see that was going on behind all the lessons that I was teaching and um and and how difficult it was for all those parents who were actually managing to do an amazing job and their actual job at the same time oh it's just the most beautiful piece of writing and what happened I mean what happened once once it went out there because it was an open letter that you put out is that right to parents and then did it go viral online So um, I was actually very shy about it and I asked them to make it anonymous and um, somehow it just, it didn't end up being anonymous. Oh no, (laughs) so your cover was blown. (laughs) I guess, exactly. And then as soon as um, it went out, my phone, and I'd actually really struggled with COVID. So I was still at home sort of recuperating and um, my phone just went absolutely nuts. Um, and then it actually it ended up being really special because my gran, who um, I was sort of never that close with, gave me a call because she had read it and she was in tears. Um, and it ended up being our last conversation together before she passed away from COVID. Wow. And um, it was sort of one of the first times ever that I think I actually was able to relate to her and she was able to relate oh. to me. Um, so it, it holds a very special place in my heart, that little piece of writing. That is the most incredible story. Well, I'm so sorry for your loss, Tessa, but I'm so filled with joy to hear that you had that conversation. And isn't it crazy how, like, when you when you were writing that to the parents of the of the you know all of the, your class um, that you were seeing through through you know the Zoom calls or however you were connecting with them online, little did you know how and powerful that piece would be, not just for everyone that has come into contact with it and still is reading it today. But that incredible connection that gave you probably one of the most beautiful moments of your life with your grandmother, that's just mind-blowing, isn't it? Yes, yeah. It just it shows the, what you do, this, the power of writing is just so much more than we could ever realise, really, when we're doing it. Well, this is an absolutely beautiful example of it. Now, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit now, Tessa, because um, I know there's a lot of people who are thinking, well, what, what is this piece? I haven't seen it. And I'm going to read back. And this is going to be weird because hearing it in someone else's voice is always strange. But I just want to read the beginning of it so people can actually understand the power of what you've written because it really, it really touched me when I first read it. So here we go. Dear parents, I see you. In fact, with our recent transition to virtual classrooms and distance learning, I'm seeing you more than ever. I have seen your art, your unmade beds, your pajamas as you walk past carrying coffee and your misbehaving pets. I see you exhausted, disheveled and working in the background whilst your child reads beautifully. I see your shadow across the screen as you whisper the answers to your child. I see you play acting to be wearing pants during parent interviews, even though I can see you are not. And I appreciate you for pretending. 
And then you go on to say, I see you second guessing yourself. You are more than enough as I am in awe. Your child is smiling on my screen and they have managed some work today. And in my book, you are winning. And it just, I want to, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to this piece, Tessa, because I want everyone listening to this to go and read it because I think it's such an incredibly powerful piece of writing. But for me, it has such a beautiful impact. And even though, you know, we're very lucky to be out of, you know, the pandemic at its worst, you know, and I mean, obviously COVID's still, you know, affecting people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really, I felt really grateful reading this today because it reminded me as well, going back to that intense time that we all had to live through. It's important to remember to be grateful for just the normal days that some people can have now, you know, that we're not in lockdown anymore and uh, we're not all worrying about how we're going to, you know, buy toilet paper tomorrow. So um, I think your, your work, I always say this on a podcast, but, but writing and words live forever. And, and this piece that you wrote, Tessa, really stands the test of time and it's going to be around and people are going to be reading it. I hope it becomes a part of the history of COVID because it gives people a sense as to what people are experiencing. Um, but it was such a beautiful piece. So thank you so much for for putting it out there, being brave enough to like, you know, go with this and and your anonymity being blown, you know, because you've 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 given so much to people. And I'm, I know that the parents, many parents around the world that read read this piece of work. Um, will have will have just had a little bit of lightness and realizing that they weren't alone because it's such a beautifully um, honest piece of writing as well. So so well done for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, as patron of the week, I also need to tell you something because of what you've done out there. I want to offer something to you and give you something back. You're quite new to the podcast. You mentioned. How did you discover the podcast? I. Um... I think I found it, I'm a fan of Katie Ford and I think I was listening to Katie Ford interviews and then I found it that way. Um, oh. I started about two months ago and I think I've listened to almost all of them. Um, what? And them a In two months? Of, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, um, I think my, my my 13 month old son just sort of hears yours and the other Mark's voices <laughs> and thinks that you're family. Um, <laughs> I'm absolutely oh. obsessed and I've been able to start writing and I'm almost at 20,000 words. So Wow, that's amazing. Oh, that's um, unbelievable. Well, this this warms my heart as well because you know, we we do hear about these people that that find the podcast and then binge listen to it. And we do put a public health warning on it because you know, <laughs> As we always joke, you know, our friends and family you know, listening to our voice for like many hundreds of hours, it would drive them absolutely nuts. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you're enjoying it. And I'm so blown away. You've written 20,000 words. Now, tell me a bit about what you're writing. What's your kind of genre? Um, I think I'm still trying to figure that out. It's it's I'm doing a very, very bad first draft. Um, Perfect. That's what, that's what we that's what we always <laughs> say. You've got to do your bad first draft. That's all good. <laughs> um, I think it is turning into, um, I think they call it sort of mom noir, but it's sort of, it's, um, it's a, it's a suspense at the moment. Right. Well, enjoy the process of discovery because that's what it's all about. And, um, and what's your, and I'm going to put you on the spot here now, Tessa, what's your, what's your goal? Have you kind of like worked out a little dream as to what you'd like to do with this book in terms of when you'd like to finish it? The only goal so far is to finish this 
bad first draft in 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 the next three months that's what i'm hoping for. perfect well i want to make that a little bit easier for you tessa because as as a very special patron of the week i would like to offer you a free month in the bestseller academy <laughs> which is worth 200 dollars. and if you enjoy your time there i want to offer you a writer's scholarship which is worth one thousand dollars towards the academy should you wish to carry on oh my gosh that's incredible thank you so much well, thank you. And we just want to support you in your writing, Tessa. And, uh, you know, you've, you've touched the world in such a beautiful way. So thank you. And we just are so grateful for you supporting the podcast as well, because we, one thing that a lot of people don't know is for every patron that signs up to support the podcast, they're actually allowing 10 other listeners to listen to the show. So you're also bringing the podcast to another 10 people. So thank you so much for that gift to them as well. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Brilliant. So anyway, you'll be hearing from me on email very soon, Tessa, but it's been an absolute, absolute privilege chatting with you. And thank you again for all the great stuff you're doing in the world. And thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, Tessa. And uh, I hope to speak and see you soon in the Academy. Wonderful. Thank you. All the best. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. What are your writing dreams? Finishing that book? Quitting the day job? Becoming a best-selling author? Since 2016, we've interviewed and studied the advice of over 500 best-selling authors who've collectively sold over 1 billion books. And in the Bestseller Academy, we've incorporated powerful and proven strategies for success, inspiring fiction and non-fiction authors just like you to reach new heights and write their best book ever. Ready to take your writing to the next level with accountability, craft, coaching, and the most inspiring and exclusive community of like-minded writers? Well, your bestseller dreams are just a click away. Join us today at bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. That's bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. Just blown away by that incredible story from Tessa. So folks, if you are a patron, and we say thank you to all of our amazing patrons every week because you do make this podcast happen, especially now, folks, with, with me going solo, there's a lot more to be doing. I've got a team of about five people that I have to keep uh, in bread, food and water and other things. Um, so we would love it if you would also um, be like Tessa and join up to support this podcast. And to do that, you simply go to uh, bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support. And when you do, you get all kinds of amazing extra goodies, including access to deep dives and more. So please, please, please pop along. And I'll just say this now, but for people that do sign up over the next couple of weeks, it'll be very much worth your while in the long run. I'm not going to say anything more, but <laughs> make sure you sign up soon. Anyway, let's dive in to this week's Academy wins and wins on the BXP team and from our listeners. So our first win this week comes from the lovely Katie Wells. And Katie's win was entitled Book of the Week, OMG. And this is what Katie said. She said, an unexpected win, an author goals completion. A blend of magic was shared as one of Miranda Dickinson's books of the week on her weekly book chat show. And then Katie followed up by saying, I've watched the chatty thing show for years and eagerly bought her recommendations. So to see the love for my own book was a dream. So Katie, that is absolutely amazing. What a fantastic milestone. And also 
with someone that you admire so much. So congratulations on that. That's brilliant. Also on the Academy, Karen Story. Now, Karen, with a surname like that, you were born to be a bestseller. I don't know why. I've known you for a while now on the Academy. And I was like, what a great, great surname. But this is what you wrote on, on the Academy Wins Forum this week, which is amazing. She said, after a brilliant Zoom with Mr. D, thank you very much, about obtaining author quotes. And we did a coaching session on that, by the way, in the Academy. I decided to set myself a challenge of obtaining as many as possible during 2024. And so far, I have three for my current manuscript. And then I remembered that in 2021, I won the Writer and Artist Novel Award for my previously written manuscript. And the judge was Cass Green. As Mr. D told us, we can still use quotes on past books. And it got me thinking. Cass said some wonderful things about my entry. So I wrote to her today and asked if she remembered me. She wrote back almost immediately, and this is where my win for the day comes in. She said she was very happy for me to use her quote, but she would also like to read my new manuscript and give me a quote for that one too. Absolutely brilliant. And then Karen had mentioned later, Cass tweeted about an email that she had received which had made a day and it was from an author she knew who was making tons of progress so i wonder who that was karen <laughs> absolutely brilliant so this is this is one of these crazy things we were doing a session on the, in, in the academy about getting quotes and i challenged everyone to go out and do this and one of the things that karen reflected on was having sent that quote out and that request not only not only was it just trying to create connect base but she actually offered her the author offered karen to give her a quote for a new book which is absolutely brilliant so it's always one action leads to another action and this kept on going now richard beasley from the academy has shared a win this week and he said i've started my progress log it's been a long time coming i hope to log more now and therefore write more this is a start towards that goal and on another win, I've bought a domain name. There's nothing there yet, but the domain is mine. And then Richard goes on to say, I am the Lord of my own domain. And I've got to say, Richard, this is absolutely huge because so many people think about building a website. You know, they, they don't really feel like they're worthy to be an author and have their own website. But we've all got to step in and grow into that. And by you just registering that domain name is such a massive step in that direction. So what I'm going to say to you as a challenge is, Get that website up, even if it's just a page, and then I will talk about and post that website up on a future podcast as well. So well done, Richard, for doing that. And for anyone else who's not got a website yet, uh, maybe not even started writing a book yet, but you know, I think it's a really, what I always do is I come up with an idea. The first thing I always do is I register a domain name. I've got tons of them. It's ridiculous. But I think it's a really good psychological step. If you don't have a domain name yet, go find one. You know, maybe your maybe your name's gone, firstname.lastname.com. You know, that's the best thing you can get. But if you've got, um, you know, a name that's maybe shared with other people, then, you know, firstnamelastnamerights.com or author.com. Those are good options as well. So have a think about that. Brilliant stuff. So, folks, whilst you're checking out today's show notes and links in the bestsellerexperiment.com, uh, whilst you're there, why don't you sign up to our newsletter for weekly updates, new episodes and exclusives. And if you'd like to get that book writing habit for this whole year, pop along to 200wordchallenge.com and join thousands of others who are building their daily writing habits. 
can you win our first challenge and write at least 200 words every day for the next seven days? It sounds easy, but it's not. It's, it's absolutely hard. Also, by the way, many of you don't know this, but we do have a YouTube channel. We do have a YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch today's episode uh, of me flailing around on my own, you can actually watch it all in, in, in you know, 3D color vision. Pop along to YouTube and type in bestseller experiment or at bestseller experiment. You can also join us on socials, Facebook, is that bestseller experiment twitter instagram threads and pinterest you'll find us at bestseller xp so folks a different episode today we're going to be back with interviews uh it's going to be a bit more like um you know the normal structure with a few thrown in new things as well but thank you so much for joining me today a happy new year to all of you um, it's great that you've taken this opportunity to take an hour out of your day or so and uh, spend that with me. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, it's a goodbye from the Mark formerly known as Mark One. So I think I need a new nickname. How about Bookmark? Until next time, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye.